back a cat who uh wears many hats and does it very well brother johnny Payne, welcome back to the jake feinberg show true pleasure thanks for having me jake yeah man um i you know it's funny i was interviewing a cat today uh drummer and he was talking about uh seeing a video clip with uh dj jazzy jeff and and he was saying like um you know all i want to do he said was when I leave this plane is to have all the creative stuff out of my system. I want to be an empty person. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted you to talk about like how you, if, whether it's creating a song, dishing that song to some younger artist, how do you try to get content out of your system other than just like performing it? You know, to me, like it's important um, <clears throat> to talk about, other ways to diversify your your content yeah um i mean it's always been a bit of a mystery to me because uh i I think sometimes i don't even know that i need to get it out until uh until i i feel like there's sort of like an empty part of my life that i didn't put my finger on and then i realize oh there's some kind of music or creativity in me that hasn't been released and then I start to write <clears throat> or I start to experiment in the studio or um, sometimes it can be, it can be things that aren't musical as well. You know, like I'm, I'm building a house right now um, and I've found ways to, to sort of fill my soul creatively up there, you know, with the wood and <laughs> as, as funny as that sounds, but. No, just I don't think of... that. I think that's absolutely, that's an incredibly I mean, you're using your hands just like you would using an apparatus like a guitar. Can you give an example of, of what you're talking about, though, um, as it relates to, you know, the, uh, the, the a time in your career where there was a void or some kind of longing that then you were able to put a song to? Yeah, I mean, it happens to me, I would say, about once a year that uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have a, a really a really busy period of working of writing and um and i'll i'll feel <clears throat> i've said this many times that um even though i know that my soul is is only ever fully fulfilled when um uh or full you know full when i'm making music and when i'm writing and when i'm creating music I seem to forget that every single time when the project finishes and I'll finish a record and then I'll say, well, you know, as you do, maybe it's time for a break, you know, vacation or something as people do. And then I'll take that vacation and 
maybe it'll go on a little too long and and yeah it'll it, all of a sudden i'll feel this sense of dread or something and i won't i won't know what what it is and then i'll realize oh god you know i've got to get back at it and then it's always the uphill climb because maybe you've taken a little too long from it and then you got to build yourself back up and then you get back to that place and everything's beautiful and you're grooving and flowing again and then it's almost like this strange sort of cycle that continues throughout my whole life. But uh, that I is absolutely, I'm... I mean, I, my, my, what just popped into my head is Johnny Payne needs a manager to, to, light, a, <laughs> to light a fire under you. Is, well, is, you know what I'm saying? Like, because like sometimes I think this is just a, an issue across the board. Yeah. Just if the, with artists today, um, people like that are creating organic music and, and trying to collaborate. I mean, you know, you have to wear so many hats or you have to constantly change the hats you're wearing. And all you should be really focused on is the flow of life. And you should mm -hmm. be able to have somebody um, that can be not a soothsayer, but that used to, it, the point is you can't do it all. You're focused on the art itself. So you're going to drift. Of course you're going to drift. Yeah. You know? And so don't punish yourself for that. To me, you need somebody who's going to light a fire just because you know that's some cats need that but i mean For you know sure. like you know like can you talk a little bit about um the meditation of 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 wood uh building uh, building that house <laughs> now that i can talk about because Good. that <laughs> that um that is what my head is in completely right now because it what it, 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 it was deep in music about a couple of months ago and, and always is you know but um right now i'm you know, I'm all day, every day up building a house to live in for myself and 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 my girlfriend, you know, um, with my father, uh, which is hmm. which is quite a, uh, a an, an extremely rewarding, um, but but also strenuous task, you know. But yeah, when I'm on the job site, I, I think that it's the first time that I've really understood you know, for lack of a better expression that, that, you know, sort of a the Buddhist principle about finding a simple task, something to do, like all I'll have to do is build a wall and it'll all be laid out there and marked out in pencil. And all I have to do is take every single board and put it on that mark and nail it in two nails. And then I just do that all day long. You know what I mean? And in that, I really find a, a great meditation and relaxation and often music will come to me in those moments more than they do when I'm holding the guitar, you know? This is profound. Um, Johnny Payne is already blowing on fire right now. You're telling me that <laughs> you're telling me that <clears throat> um you've been at this thing a few weeks now, a month or so? How how oh, long? You many months. Oh, many months. No, okay, many yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you it's not like you've been just cut off from music. I mean, you vacillated between both of these things. Exactly. I, I, I'll have a project, I'll be producing or I'll be working on my own record or, or, or playing a show or whatever. And then I'll come back and forth to the house, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's been sort of floating in my mind and my consciousness. And I, I really want you to talk about um, why Sam Blasucci chooses you to produce his records. You know, um, <clears throat> I you'd have to ask Sam how it all began, but um, 
I think that. I mean, let me rephrase that. Why do you think? Yeah. And what do you what do you bring into the table? Because you know what? At a certain <clears throat> point, the really good producer has to tell has to tell the truth to the artist sometimes, and that's sure. what I, I want you to talk about because he's bringing you in for that reason. So that's more of what I'm talking about. Why is he bringing you in? I think that Sam sees in me uh, an equal. Uh, it, okay, I think Sam and I are very different people, and and in many ways very different artists as well. Yep. But where we come together is over our mutual love and respect for the recorded song. Like we both know the power a record can have, and how sacred making one is, you know. And we both have a similar pop music awareness, I think. And we also love the idea that any rules to do with making music are kind of there to be broken. Hmm. And like, if you want to fuck with the idea of genre and instrumentation, we both, Sam and I both always say, let's go for it. You know, let's do that. And we have endless energy for it and so much energy together in the studio. And when an engineer can match our energy, then this perfect triangle of creativity happens and it happens really fast with us and it feels really explosive. And I think that Sam sort of sees someone who's excited about music and about making it in me. And I think he took a chance. He thought I was that kind of guy and he was right. And I was absolutely uh, so blessed to find out that he was like that and that I'd met my you know, match or equal or whatever you want to call it in terms of that. And, um, and you know, it just it just really uh, it went well. And so there we are, you know. Well, I'm on a couple of questions from that. It's just like, um, are there times where um, I remember Stephen Barncard, who is a pretty amazing engineer um, and uh, from back in the day, did some work at Wally Hyder and and also uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and all this stuff. And he, he used to talk about, and this is maybe more of an engineer thing, but I also think it's a production thing. It's just, you know, the artists themselves can get consumed. Um, yeah, I can do a better take. I can do one more. Yeah. I know we have the technology today to allow 79 million takes. What's your philosophy yeah. as it relates? To, have you been able to be like, Sammy, that was it. We're good. We don't need, you know, we're, <clears> I mean, before it was different because you were on, a budget you had to rent the studio time i dig all that but mm -hmm. what about the idea of like creation first take second take at the max does that is that something you subscribe to for sure i mean i mean number one uh, sam and i really uh we we work together in that if if i strongly feel he should try it again he'll try it again and if he feels that was it i trust him that wow. was it you know very cool but yeah but I, but I, but I, you know, I know what sounds good to me. And, um, and if it sounds good the first time, let's move on. You know, that's it. I don't like to waste time at all in the studio. I don't like to waste tracks. I don't like to have too many tracks when I go to mix it. I don't want to have 25 drum mics on it and that I have to sift through and find. To me, I, I really very much agree with your philosophy on this that like, if the music is there and it's performed well, it's going to sound good and it's not going to be hard to mix it. You know, it's going to be there. And so there's no need to try to kill it with a, with a thousand takes or something. I not, no, I, I would never do that. You know, 
No, and you also, yeah, yeah. go ahead, please. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to manage, as a producer, you really have to manage the energy of the musicians as well, right? So Sam is such an incredible singer, um, but he has to sing a lot because he sings a lot of harmonies and he sings to himself a lot and will double track things and do things. And so I have to be aware that I don't want him to get tired and do too many. So it's finding that perfect balance of, doing enough to get it right, but not too many that he gets, you know, a little bit worn out, you know? You know, I'm curious, a couple of questions, uh, talking to Johnny Payne here, who's uh, building a house for his, his girlfriend <laughs> and father right now. First of all, I just want to be clear. Uh, your father um, has, even if he doesn't, and I'm just speculating, but if he doesn't completely understand your path in life, even though it's brilliant, does he respect it? Or have you guys always been sort of in harmony together or at least as best as possible? No, I'm, I'm very lucky in that way. Um, my parents have always very much been lovers of music and, um, and, you know, my father writes poetry and plays guitar and, um, and as, but he's a, he's a carpenter, you know, but so, yeah, I've been very much, very lucky in that way. He, he, he's, he's very supportive of the path that I chose for sure. One thing I wonder about just, I mean, with the Sam band, um, can you talk mm -hmm. about like your um, philosophy as it relates to, you know, putting the cats in the room and figuring out who needs what where, as opposed to miking the room and having the musicians play to it. The old school model would be more like, get the cats in the room, <laughs> figure out who needs a little bit of bass here, a little bit of this, and then hit it. But um, I just want to know, especially as it relates to Sam, because of the dynamics, sometimes the music can get very loud, sometimes it get very soft. How, mm -hmm. how did you mic that room, and what was your what's your philosophy as it relates to just the uh, overall sound composition? Well, the the truth is that the personnel, because I live in Canada, as you know, Jake, um, course, a lot of, of the, a lot of the personnel is is chosen by Sam because he he's more in touch with the musicians in California. And, and he'll pick the players who are now quite cemented, uh, you know, being the Sam band, wonderful people, wonderful musicians. Um, but to, to be honest, um, Sam and my process is very much uh, worked out in advance. Um, but but I have, a, I have a, an ending to this thought that I think you'll Absolutely like. Absolutely, go riff on it, man. Um, oh. um, so Sam and I will plan a lot of the arrangements and a lot of the instrumentation in advance. We'll listen to the demos. We'll talk on the phone. We'll figure out what's going to happen where and who's going to play on what, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, which sounds quite, um, you know, rigid in its structure. But then I was actually thinking about this recently, being in the studio doing something. I thought about you because you asked me about improvisation on the last interview. Absolutely. And I was thinking that although on stage I'm not in the same, you know, it's uh, style of the, the Grateful Dead and jazz musicians, a lot of people who will really... But I was thinking that in the studio, actually, I really do vamp and improvise. In oh that way. man, now you we're getting, now we're getting somewhere. Talk about yeah. That, and I thought so about mean, yeah. 
Go ahead. I th- yeah, I thought about you because I thought that <laughs> when I'm there, I'm really beat bopping and scatting all uh, over the place. Come on, man. Uh, Grease, babe. <laughs> and, and, you know, even though we have a plan, you hear something right away and you say, no, how, how about like this? How about we change these notes? How about we do this? How about we move that mic here? And it's, it, it, you know, really in the flash of an eye, these things are happening all day long, all throughout the day. Um, and so that's where I kind of get that energy out, you know, what, um, I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is like, there's a, a loose sketch and then you guys can just, because you're familiar with the contours of it, then yes. you can go and just go and, and hit the cutting room floor, so to speak. Totally. Yeah. We've got a plan. We've got a blueprint, you know, a design, and then we get in there and if something isn't going to plan or if just in you know inspiration strikes we're really good at at switching it up in the moment and as far as the band goes um you know they they really um to their credit they have often have really great ideas themselves but they also see that sam and i really have a vision usually um and they're just down to they're just down to kind of to kind of get the music out the way that we're feeling it you know well, so, I just want to clarify, were you able to get down to California for the for the session itself? Uh, when we did when we did. Uh, uh, yeah, this record that's rolling out right now. Yeah, absolutely. We, that's what I mean. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, hundred uh, percent. We did it all at Liberty Street uh at the hair farm there in the oh studio oh my god i was dude. i was living so in the house sick. I, oh I was come sli- on I, dude. Was, I was basically sleeping in the control room jake the oh. whole time so <laughs> yeah, you're just marinating in enlightenment and bliss right there it's unbelievable yeah. man i mean can you t- so so is it kind of we're um how much do you well i mean like how much as in far as production is concerned like what do you think – what would you say to younger cats? Because it's so part of the, the deal now. You can be the biggest live player uh, or you can play live, but like to offset mm-hmm. – to augment that, you kind of have to have produ- production chops. You have to. Or, you, you know, arrange composition chops. You know, just to – you wear all these different hats and I just wonder what you would say to younger cats. This is not really in my bag per se in terms of the production side, but – how mm-hmm. would how what would be some of your advice to younger cats about trying to cut above the morass of what everybody else is doing and like finding their own individual voice within production i think just i think the the best advice you can give is know what you like you know study study the craft you know listen to the records that you love and the ones that really make you feel and listen to the shit out of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and study them inside and out and listen to what that bass is doing. Listen to how that bass sounds. Why does the snare drum sounds like that? Is is there an effect on it? What's going on? And you don't have to know you don't have to be a producer or an engineer, but then at least when you get in that studio, you're going to be able to reference what you're hearing based on the things that you know and love and either accept what you hear or say no that's not what's in my head for my song and tweak it and then you'll be able to create this myriad of inspiration based on what you've written what others have written what others have recorded what hasn't been recorded and you mix all that together and then you got originality right wow dude poetry dog 
<laughs> yeah, I want to read this to you. I want to read this to you, and then I really want I want you to think about this and riff on it in your own experience. This is from okay. uh, this is from a a great drummer from Memphis, uh, Willie Hall. He said uh, Isaac Hayes was cutting in Atlanta. The whole band was there. Usually, we we recorded when we when he recorded it would be two weeks at a time. We were there that weekend, and the Bee Gees were playing at the Atlanta Coliseum. <laughs> Isaac took us to the concert. I think the sweet, the sweet inspirations were doing the background. After the gig, we went backstage. Isaac had evidently known them for a while. The Bee Gees left their fans and went in the corner with Isaac. They were talking about sound, so I went over and introduced myself. They were asking Isaac about a tune called Wrap It Up. There's a clavinet part on that song, and one of the guys said, Quote, Isaac, how did you get that distorted sound on Wrap It Up? We got a 64-track board. We got everything you can name. We could not get that sound. We wanted to <laughs> use that sound on a song that we were doing. Please, how did you do it? Isaac said, hey, man, you wouldn't believe it. That distortion came about as a mistake. They were playing the clavinet part. They had been there all day. They were tired and ready to go home. This is like the 25th take on the song. As they were overdubbing the clavinet part, the microphone fell against the amp, which naturally distorted the sound. Isaac said everyone was so tired after that, he just decided to leave it like it was. In essence, the sound the Bee Gees were spending millions trying to make was a natural mistake that came honestly at Stax Records. <laughs> the equipment was flaky. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, like, because we have... In your career, have you, even though we had the technology, have mm -hmm. you ever gotten to the, I mean, again, part of that was fatigue, but at the same time, the major point is you want the essence to be there regardless of whether technology can fix it. Oh, uh, 100%. I, I, I am not at all interested in fixing things that don't need to be fixed. You know, the, the magic is in the mistakes, you know, Can that, you give an example in either your recording or producing career where you, you were like, yeah, well that just feels better. So we're just going to roll, even though it was a clam or it was a, it, it, something screwed. Can you point to an ex example? <clears throat> yeah, actually I had a clavinet one too. I was on my last <laughs> record. King of Cups, I was, you know, using like a, a keyboard, but it was like a MIDI keyboard. Um, and uh, and it had a clavinet sound. And I was it was end of the day on this tune called Someday on my last record. And I was playing this clavinet part and the whole computer mixing board, everything just kind of like glitched out and shorted right. out. And, right. and the power was still going but only it was kind of half going. And all of a sudden it just was like, it sounded almost like a broken piano distorted sound. And it was just looping through the speakers. And I was like, grab a microphone. Wow. And, and I was like, that wow. sounds so cool. And we grabbed a mic and mic'd up the speaker to get this like totally broken keyboard sound that was happening <laughs> and then wound up having that be the outro on the song because I had grown so attached to what it was doing within the context of the music and just loved it, you know? Um, but I, I got loads of stuff like that, you know, especially Can you with talk vocal. about it. No, you know what, what the example I would love is with, um, 
Mm-hmm. Because sometimes musicians, I mean, back at Isaac Hayes, I mean, the musicians today, especially if it's their own music, it, it's very precious for them. Right. Uh, but, you know, back in the day, it was kind of like, okay, we're exhausted. And uh, obviously, uh, and I just wonder, like, if you could, so that was something that you were doing on a solo kind of project. <laughs> technology-wise, but but in the studio with cats where you were like able to sort of maybe everybody got it but or you were like guys that it doesn't matter that feels so good let's just leave it the way the way it worked out yeah i mean it, it happens all the time that sometimes you'll have a band in there and they'll be playing something and somebody will miss the change you know, right. and they'll and 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 they'll hang on the on the one or something and they'll miss they'll miss changing. And you're like, whatever that that uh, that, that felt good, you, though, that like, the clash. Like, yes. Right. And, you know, part of that, you probably appreciate this is that, like, I think, in you know, I have no musical theory training whatsoever. Right. Like I, 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 and in some ways I've handcuffed myself by not, you know, learning more of the visual and physical elements of music. But um, I always just love the mystery of it, you know? And I think that there's beauty in that mystery. And on some level, like I never really wanted to lose that, you know, like people like Sam and, and all kinds of musicians I know are far beyond anything I can do with my fingers or with my eyes, you know, people that I get to do string arrangements and things like that. But I think that the things I don't fully understand are the things that make it magical to me still. So like when I hear something like that and it clicks in my ears in a different way that I don't understand, but I know it feels good and sounds good and I don't have to explain it, like that's magic to me. And so that's when I'll be like, no, 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 let's keep that. You know, that's great. And they'll be like, but it's, you know, people will say like, that's wrong, you know? Um, and Absolutely. I don't really, there is no, dude, it's not, there's no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's I nothing don't... wrong about it. There's no, but they're, 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 they're growing up in this. See, to me, this is Johnny Payne right here, man. This is the truth is the idea of saying, you know what? It's better that you don't know. It's, yeah. it's better not to know the rules. People say you have to know the rules to break the rules. I say it's all about instinct, true nature, intuition. And when yeah. you hear something, you clamp onto it. And there ain't, you don't can't back it up with data or quantify it. It's just the, it's the truth, man. And, and that maybe, is, you know, <laughs> and maybe that's maybe that's a cop out because like I didn't pay enough attention. Well, no, but I know what you're saying. It. You know what I know what you're saying, man, because you know what? <laughs> I'm a little bit hamstrung or I forget what you talked about. You uh, kind of hemmed in because yeah, I forget the word you used, but it was like, you know, I, think I said handcuffed handcuffed. That's right. <laughs> I oftentimes yeah. feel like sometimes with me in a different way, I feel like I'm just playing with one hand, you know, one hand tied behind my back. And, and, <laughs> and so it's just because I'm not a musician, but also like there's other things that, I'm just not disciplined enough to do like building that house, you know, right. Like that, that to me, like, yeah, you know what? Like there's a system and there's boards and nails and wood and you follow the, and you have to have patience that, you know, and that to me is like, but in any event, I just, to me, I am handcuffed as well. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, um, but I also feel like by not knowing the rules, you can mm-hmm. go more on um, 
on your instinct and intuition. Yes. And I just feel like that's really the key. If you want to make burning spiritual music, I don't care what genre it is, yes. you have to go on your gut and yeah. not on a clock and not on like this idea. I, I don't know. Do you – I don't even know how music gets dise disseminated uh, in terms of like the extraterrestrial radio frequencies. Like is there any consideration about – because you mentioned that, and I agree with you, that you and <clears> – <throat> You and Sam both have pop sensibilities. I mean, do you mm -hmm. try to like identify a couple of possible radio friendly hits? I know like the traditional AM radio doesn't exist, but is that ever entered <laughs> consciousness at all, or is it always just about what the song? No, is? It, it definitely it definitely enters into it. You know, Sam and I love like the thing is though is that uh, luckily for us, our idea of a radio hit now is <laughs> is like is like music like you know Sade or sure. or, Pr or Prince or Marvin sure. Gaye or something so like that's still quite you know like funky out there music compared to what you talk about a radio hit being now right that's so right. like so like we'll be like yeah this is a single or whatever but it's still going to sound groovy and and you know we don't we don't we definitely don't ever compromise the art uh, to to try to get a hit or something like that, but we will, but we will, you know, say, oh, this one's got probably got more potential. Like it's a little a little bit of a tighter pop. Yeah, it's song. a great hook, man. It's a great yeah, hook. exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, you. yeah, you're, yeah. You're the you're the hook man, aren't you? You're a hook guy. I like hooks. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like. Talk about hooks, man. What's the ingredient for a hook? Because I mean, to me, uh, well, no, you riff on that. I mean. It, to me, how do you, how do you get the best? I think to be, to be honest with you, one of the best parts about being <clears throat> Johnny Payne is I think you bring out the best in the artists, and that's oh, that's re nice of you, Jake. Thank you. Well, I mean, you know, I think that that uh, you know, it's people talk about vibe, but there's mm -hmm. also like the idea of saying like, you know, giving. Enough, just enough information to the cats where they get it give it gives them a little i mean miles miles was like he would like whisper in john mclaughlin's ear like you know play the guitar like you don't know how to play the guitar and he'd be for like, sure what the hell is he talking about but it worked got him out of his mindset and you know yeah. i think that there's just like <clears throat> to me how do you try or maybe that's the wrong word what do you do you know how do you get the best out of the cast that you work with, regardless of who it is? Yeah, you know what? I think I do similar things like that. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I give I, an example I, because I love the Zen Trickster stuff. It's totally a lost art. Most people, anyway. Go ahead. I mean, to me, I think sometimes, to, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll, um, you know, the the talk back <laughs> in the studio is is a very interesting thing, you know, because you'll be in the control room and you'll have this you'll have this line to the musician's ear and it's very powerful because they'll be in there kind of sometimes spinning out of control, trying to figure something out or do something. And uh, oftentimes you have to be a little bit of a therapist as much as a, you I, know, that, and, that's, ex you know what, dude, that's, <laughs> you're not the first cat to say that. Right. It's really nuts, man. Like, I mean, but I guess it's a drag. I mean, back in the day it was a drag just when cats were like, totally strung out like David Crosby and like, you know, having to work with him and 
Yeah. This is this is more like keeping people mentally strong, you know? Yeah, I think I think I think that I sort of uh lead with with levity and with energy uh in there i feel like if my energy is positive and light and i i can make jokes and and sort of you know radiate this feeling like what we're doing is incredible right now you know don't don't sleep on this or don't don't lose focus because man we're making something really great right now i love this and dude I, I and love i think this, that I think that that, like you say, like, I, I don't really know what I'd say about how good I am or not at, at producing, but I think that I am good at saying the right thing at the right time to a musician to kind of get them out of their own head and get them to, to play something again and, and maybe have it be, you know, that special thing. Dude, you know that is so you're you're you, you know you're gonna pick your you're gonna see when the time is right to then get that information to them you're not yes. gonna you know you're gonna see when they're stuck and yes. you're gonna get them unstuck and it's a feeling i i mean it sounds yeah. so so kind of no like, dude oh, this yeah. is what the jake fiber <laughs> show is all about man <laughs> i know but like you know it sounds a little bit like narcissistic to say like you can't really teach that but it is no, true like it truth, is man it, it 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 is like a feeling that i don't know how i would like show a young person like how to produce in that way because it's about people you know it's not even about in those moments it's not even about music it's about just knowing knowing how to just like pick up exactly. somebody's spirits, you know? And I, I was doing a, a, a record for a, a country artist in Canada last summer that was a really great project. And she had to do a lot of singing and she would kind of go down around, you know, she'd do a few takes and kind of get down in this place that she was not struggling, but, you know, needing to be picked back up. And I had this strategy that I, I would just tell her a story about my dog every time because i had i had this dog growing up that had all these amazing stories like the dog i mean yeah i could sit you down jake around the fire and tell you about this dog all night long so i knew she loved dogs so for about two weeks every time she would get to this place i would hit the talk back and just start telling her another story about the dog and she would kind of sit down like she and and listen to it and then take a deep breath and boom she'd be back you know so i don't know sometimes you just gotta improvise in that in those moments you that know? is well i mean somehow that brought her back to have some kind of resiliency i mean that to me is yeah really what it's about i mean are you <clears throat> can you talk about an area in johnny Payne's? uh artistic existence that you know you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone in order to grow um i mean you're building a house that's pretty badass but that's not necessarily i'm just wondering like in general like everyone's kind of got that small elephant in the room you know yeah i i think that i think that uh like ways that i need to push myself now because i've I mean, it's hard in producing. I feel like I'm I'm in a really good place. Like I'm growing. I'm 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 really developing my skills in the studio in that way. I'm working with musicians. I'm very happy with the trajectory. But I think what I would say is, in my own work, um, I need to I need to reconnect with my instruments again, 
Um, like that's kind of where I need to push myself out of my comfort zone of just, you know, I'm, I'm satisfied. I can write songs on these instruments and do my thing, but I've noticed in, in the recent years that I've, uh, that that's where I need to kind of get back to, uh, to, to sort of like the kid inside me who had this, this lust to learn and play a lot, you know, on a given day, um, and explore explore the instruments a bit more that i think that's what i would say is is uh my current uh quest when i have the time you know absolutely i mean do you feel like um do you feel like that might happen more organically and energetically if you try to at least put put yourself out there to play with 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 other human beings as opposed yes. to in isolation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. like, like yes. to me that, that, that vulnerability can lead to inspiration, which is the only way you're going to continue to play those apparatuses, you know? Totally. Uh, you couldn't be more right. And it's something that I, I dream of every day, Jake. And, but you know, life. I pray, has... I, I pray, I will pray for that. And uh, I believe it will, uh, you know what it is like, it, it's good to be vulnerable, man. You know. Yeah, and yeah. life gets. I know in you the know way, that. You know, like I, like life, things happen. You know, I'm almost forty years old now, and like I say, I'm building this house. I'm I'm starting a new chapter of my life, and and although I would love to be out on the road playing every day and doing that, and I'm sure I will be again. Sometimes you need to you need to do other things to that will pay off in the long run for you in other ways and have benefits in other ways you know life is a life is is a whole sum of its parts you know i wonder if you could just talk a little bit about um uh, i mean you're around a lot of different cats but um it's just fascinating for me johnny like um you know, you go back even a decade ago and um, a band would go out on tour or, you know, and they, they'd have a guarantee. They'd play for a month and then they'd come off the road for a couple of days and they'd go back on the road for a month. And now it's like um, you go on the road for two and a half, three weeks, and then you're off for two months. And yeah. obviously the cost of living is so much higher. And mm -hmm. so, like, I just wonder if you can talk about the challenges uh, to me, uh, my whole show at this point is predicated on finding cats who are doing original music, stretching the vocabulary music and are playing kind of genreless music. And like, yes, you know what I'm saying? And like, so yeah. I just wonder if you can talk a little bit about the challenges of a road dog band. I realize you haven't been dogging it. So, so to speak, but obviously <clears throat> you have plenty of cats that know not only just how the daunting task of it, but, what's the light at the end of the tunnel for those cats? Cause to me, that's kind of it right now in my mind. I mean, I can tell you that I have road dogged it a lot in the past, but yes, I'm out of touch with the climate now. But what I will say is what I hear Jake is that it's an impossible way of life out there right now. I mean, um, people, people are struggling. Uh, bands are struggling to, to sell tickets in advance and to do things. And I, I know bands who are, you know, I'm not going to mention no. uh, that, that are successful, very successful bands that if you were to, to see what they're doing, you would think they're not, they don't have a care in the world, you know, but boy, oh boy, they're, you know, they're not making money. They're having trouble out there. 
Um, you know, like you say, cost of living, overhead. Now with everything going on, venues are now taking a cut of everybody's merch, gas prices, hotels, everything. So I think like I just couldn't feel more for like our friends in Mapache are out on the road right now. Although that looks like it's going great. Um, well, no, because it's all I mean, the point. Yeah. So you're go ahead. Continue. I was just gonna say uh, hi to hi to hi to the guys in Mapache after dude, listening well, I mean, to this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in my mind and heart and soul, every day, dude. And, and, they, and, and they're doing it, but it's like I mean, you know, I was backstage in Phoenix, and the guys like, the guy comes back, very sweet, reasonable guy, but he's like, you guys are gonna want to have drink alcohol tonight, and he's like, because <laughs> if you are, then we'll just take it out of your you know lumps you know pay at the end of the night and it's no like, way it's yeah. a dude it's like come on man you can't get these cats a couple bottles of liquor man i mean it's just like i know and, and when you really think about it you know it was funny i was yeah. again going back to this drummer today he's talking about kobe bryant basketball player being a huge inspiration and how he you know tragically died and you think about basketball players getting obscene amounts of money for essentially entertainment which yeah. in my mind is so far like Mapache and those bands, that's like a spiritual healing ceremony and they're getting nickel and dined everywhere yeah. they go. And it's like, what is this about, man? You know, M- music has got to be, it's got to be, especially the kind of music that we like yep. has got to be the most undervalued, uh, you know, definitely performance art form. Uh, com- com- you know, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that like, because there are a lot of them, but you know, considering how important music is to people in their Thank lives you. Thank you. and how much they listen to it and what it means to them and the power that a song can have, music is incredibly undervalued. You know, Absolutely, somebody told me, man. somebody told me in a venue the other day that running a show, like say you're hired by a venue to run a show, like for the night, like sort of organize it and put it on that that's one of the only jobs that your nightly wage has decreased since the 80s. You used to get paid 500 bucks to like organize a show and set it up. And now you get 250. (laughs) And I was like, that is just like, if that doesn't just say it all, you know, I I, I also, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I, we're just channeling the same sort of vibe, but um, I just, to me, like I fundamentally, you know, I mean, even in the Renaissance, let, I mean, let's be clear. I mean, all the classic classical composers, they were always patrons of the arts. It's yes. never, it, you know, philanthropy. And, and I just feel like, I, you know, um, my dear friend, Buzzy Featon, the incredible uh, guitar player, who's actually just diagnosed with cancer. So I want to make sure he's on the men, but he, oh, yeah. he just, he talked about, it. he goes, Hey man, you know, like if people, dig music and uh and you know it's going to come from a lot of it is going to come from philanthropy at least in our lifetime and Mm -hmm. so like i I feel like if people dig good music and they have the resources you know to me it's about like opening more venues for cats to play at it's for sure i I don't want to be overly simplistic but i cannot stress enough um you know how much vibration and healing has come from the cats you know and it's just it's it's so hard to quantify it and we live in such a data-driven time <laughs> that uh of course is undervalued 
you know, so you have to go to the yeah. mat for this stuff, you know, and it's just, but you know, um, I'm with you on that. I think, I think it, it sounds like a bit of a, you know, a Disney fairy tale or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. but, I, I, love, but I, I love that shit, man. I say it all the time too. I'm like, start a label, you know, start a venue, whatever, like find, find musicians who are doing interesting things and, and prop them up, you know? The the Canadian government's actually pretty good for that, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't well, no, I, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Actually, though, yeah. do you know, like, because in Europe, all the jazz clubs or music clubs are subsidized by the government. Is it similar yeah. in Canada like that? Not the clubs. No, not, not the clubs. The clubs. Not but the there clubs. are. But but I just mean that the the Canadian government does give quite a bit of money to the arts in general. You, you know, know what, dude, you're exactly 100. Thank you very much. That end end of story. It's just like the idea of like, yeah, we're, pay, we're paying cats, you know, to play one ba- game to of create. basketball. Yeah. No, they're playing one game of basketball. They're getting 13 million dollars. It's like what? Yeah. And these yeah. cats are you know killing it. Um, yeah. Yo, dude, when are you coming? Yo, by the way, I want to just tell this to the audience. My biggest regret in my entire journalistic career <laughs> is coming out of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I had the cobwebs. I was lit rusty. Obviously, amped up for electric mapache at the Vine in Long Beach. And this cat is opening the show. This guy Johnny Payne, and he's burning it up. And I didn't, my biggest regret of my journalistic career is I never got my phone out of my pocket to record it. And I'm so bummed out, dude. You know what, though, Jay? I I know it'll come back again. I'm just saying, (laughs) I still, to this day, I just want to let people know. It's my biggest regret. I'm going to just chalk it up to being completely rusty coming out of COVID. Also, I didn't really, I was just like, didn't know where you were coming from exactly. But, dude, you fucking floored me, man. You know what I'm gonna chalk it up to? You were just <laughs> you were just so pumped on the side. I was so pumped. Your, <laughs> you didn't pick to pull your phone out. Well, you know no, because I mean? there That's was like... some shit in there that was so medieval, and I'm like, now I, I could have had that shit, man. Yeah, but no, that's the uh, truth. I was just no so worries. amped up, no, man. Hey, listen, no worries. man. Um, are you are you planning any trips back to the states? Any gigs at all? Uh, in I mean, in this incredibly turbulent. 2023 uh i'm i'm trying at the moment i'm about you know 90 percent done a new record of my own so uh i'm i'm gonna wrap that up and then the goal is to uh figure out what's next and that will mean some shows for sure jake so i'll keep you posted probably this fall i'll be back down you know hey listen man i'm gonna have that phone out firing away dude when you open from <laughs> apache dude because i'm telling you pain you stay on your track, brother. It is such so good to hear your voice, man. You keep doing your thing. You too. Really great to talk to you tonight, man. Thanks a lot. Much love, dude. Be cool. Okay. Take yeah. care, Jake. Peace, bud. Bye. Bye.